Well, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this next podcast for Peninsula Baptist. Uh, This is our 29th episode, and it's a very unique episode in that it is going to be a solo act. Now, hang on a second. Don't don't click off. Don't click next. Um, It's going to be a quick hit. Uh, not doing an interview. I'm just going to talk through a particular topic that I've had a few questions about and uh, kind of let you know my heart a little bit on some things uh, of why we approach uh, the preaching the way we do here at Peninsula and uh, why we get in a book and stay in a book. Uh, I think I got that question a lot from people when we were going through the book of Genesis because, well, let's just be honest, it was it was a year long in Genesis. And, uh, you know, when I told other pastor friends that we were going through the book of Genesis, you know, they asked, well, how are you going to, how are you going to untie that? How long do you think you're going to be in it? And, and I had originally thought that I was going to jump into the book of Genesis. I, I honestly thought I was going to do like an overview of the book of Genesis. I knew God was telling us to go through the book of Genesis, but I thought we were going to go through the book of Genesis with an, with an overview thing. But by that point, we had already begun a process here of using what we call an expository style preaching to go through these books uh, line by line, verse by verse, and we had already established that as our method of bringing uh, the Word on Sunday mornings to the church. And so by the time we got to Genesis, the overview simply was just not going to work. And so we we spent a year in the book of Genesis. And so I've I've been asked the question, hey, Daniel, why why do you stick in a book? Why why do you not go topical or why do you not, you know, pull out and go through a series? And and we do a little bit of a mixture here. Uh, when we come out of a book, we might spend a month, maybe two months with coming out and doing a series on something else or a topic. But for the most part, we stay in a book and we are looking at that book and um, I'm just going to be honest with you about expository style, and I'm going to explain what expository is in just a moment. But when I was a youth pastor, I used more of a topical approach. So like if I was planning a Bible study for the camp, I knew I was going to be speaking at or you know, the small group ministry. We did use a curriculum, but I still tried to make it more of what was the hot topics that the teenage were, teenagers were facing. And I would come at it from that. And so expository style approach to where you get in a book and you go line by line, verse by verse, word by word, actually intimidated me. And so when I became a lead pastor, I started exploring ways to prepare for messages, you know, like this and ways to preach and expository uh, really started jumping out at me. And I felt God was saying, you need to get in a book and study it. And I've learned a lot about why I think we as Peninsula need to stay in this. And I kind of want to share that with you today of why we get in a book and stay in a book um, and and kind of go all the way through it. And uh, I'm going to share some points from an article that I read when I first became a lead pastor uh, in just a few moments. But I want to tell you a little bit about what expository style preaching is. Um, uh, Basically, at its very core expository preaching is just simply interpreting and explaining the text within its context. In, in other words, what I'm trying to say is, is I will take a passage and, and I will do a word study of it. I will see what the words are, what the original 
meanings are. I will know the author. I will know who he's writing to, and I will keep all those thought processes in the context of what was being said, and then I will allow the truths to rise to the top. And that really puts the Scripture in control. And so it involves exposition, basically. The The word exposition is related to the word exposed. So what I'm doing when I am preparing for a message on Sundays, and right now we happen to be in the book of Mark, when I'm preparing for a message, I'm actually looking at a section. I'm seeing how many verses are within that section, that thought process that might be coming out that we can get our heads around in 30 to 40 minutes on a Sunday morning. And then I go into that particular section and I read the text and I, I, I try to expose the truths that are within that text, regardless of my own bias, regardless of what's going on in the culture, I'm going to lean into the text. And one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons, honestly, why expository preaching intimidated me when we first started was because I knew I was going to, let's say we're in the book of Mark. I know that there are some difficult passages in the book of Mark. And and to be lazy and to make things easy, um, I could preach on a particular topic of something that's going on in the culture and just avoid the text that I don't really fully understand. Expository preaching challenged me because I knew um, oh, well, when I get to that particular text, I'm going to have to deal with it. I, it's just going to be part of what I'm doing is dealing with that scripture text. And by the grace of God and his goodness and me begging for wisdom from him, he has allowed the truths of scripture to come out and allowing me to be able to grasp things that I never knew that I would be able to get my head around. And in some ways, expository preaching has probably been more beneficial for me than it has been for the listener, maybe. But I hope that the listener, uh, when I'm preaching on Sunday morning, can allow the text to come to life. And I'll tell you something that's been very interesting about this. Uh, As I've been going through the text, the text is driving so if we're in the book of Mark, you know, we're getting ready to come up to chapter 5. I know that I'm going to be doing a section out of Mark chapter 5. That's where we're going next. Regardless if the world turns upside down this coming week, um, we're most likely going to be in Mark chapter 5. Now, I'm not saying that I'm so hardcore on that that I can't come out of out of Mark, you know, for, you know, particular things. This past Sunday, we had a guest speaker, and he spoke from the book of Esther. But for me to continually preach out of March sets it up, out of Mark, sets it up so that we can move uh, forward um, and let the Word be the driver. And so there's several things when, I, when I'm preparing my message that I keep in mind. There's four main things, actually. And so if you can remember these four things when I'm preaching up there, you can think that I have thought about these things as I was prepping. Number one, the Bible is God's word. And uh, that should mean something to us. Just It's not just a simple phrase. The Bible is God's word. It's his word. So if every word of God is pure and true, then every word deserves to be examined and understood. They all click, uh, click together. They're connected. I also believe that people need divine wisdom to fully understand the Word of God. So when I'm preaching, I'm leaning into the Spirit 
to reveal things that maybe I've not even thought of. It's 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 really funny to me sometimes. <laughs> I, I, someone will come up to me after the after the sermon. They'll go, "Hey, you know that one point where you said this, and then I really liked how you said this and this and this." And I'm thinking to myself. Okay, that's not written in my notes. I don't remember even saying that. It's, in a way, it's just a validation that the Spirit was revealing to that individual a truth about the Scripture text that I would have never been able to know that person needed that truth. And so what I'm trying to do is expose what the text says so that the Spirit can do His work in each individual. Another thing that I'm keeping in mind is that I'm subject to the text, not the other way around. Scripture has to be the authority, and its message must be presented honestly regardless of my bias, right? So every human has some form of bias about what they read, what they hear, uh, in the conversations they're talking to, and I need to, as best I can and honestly as I can, come to the pulpit and preach God's Word without any of my bias, allowing the text to be the driver of where we're going with the message. That's, that's a very key thing in expository-style preaching. And then my job is simply to clarify the text and then to call us to respond to it. And so that's kind of why we use expository preaching. I have learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about Scripture. I've learned how Scripture is connected. And if you've heard me speaking, you know that if we're in the book of Mark, I am going to be referring to other texts in the Bible that relates to what's being said. You're going to hear, if I'm in the book of Mark, you're going to hear me reading Scripture from the Old Testament like Isaiah, uh, even the back, back into Genesis. You're, you're going to hear me reading other texts in, in the New Testament, out of Acts, uh, the other Gospels that are there. We're in the book of Mark, and Matthew and Luke have very closely tied parallels to each account of the things that happen in the book of Mark, and so you're going to hear me referring to those things. So the expository preaching doesn't mean that I get in the book of Mark and I can't come out of there. Part of revealing and exposing the truth is showing how all of Scripture is connected, and that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. But I read an article when I first became a lead pastor and felt God was saying expository preaching was the direction that we needed to go as a church. And this article was by a gentleman named Jason Allen. He is the president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and as I was exploring different ways to approach uh, uh, preaching, he had this article in there that had 12 reasons that uh, expository preaching should be considered by uh, a lead pastor of a church, and I have adopted these and lean into these as my reasoning to continue into this. But I just kind of want to quickly go through those, and then we'll finish up this time. And if you have any further questions about expository preaching, uh, what book we're going to next, those types of things, just email me. uh, Stop me in the hallway. Uh, However you want to communicate with me would be great for us to be able to talk about this. But um, he has like these 12 points that I've adopted and kind of reworded to my own way of of saying it. This is the first thing. Um, Number one, expository preaching uh, fulfills the biblical command regarding preaching. And so there's actually scripture text that, that says that we should take the whole counsel of the word, that we should lean into word. But I want to read a scripture text out of 2 Timothy 4, 
verses 1 through 5, it says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And that section right there is a little bit of a warning to to not let the culture drive what you're preaching. Right. That's that's one reason some people might say, hey, well, did you know such and such is going on this week? You know, I kind of thought you might do a message on that. Well, we're letting the scripture drive what we're learning, not what's happening out in the culture. And this is kind of the warning behind that. We, we don't want to be teachers that are looking to suit what we think we need to be speaking on. We're letting the scripture teach it. And then he goes on in verse four, it says, they're, they're being driven by their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And there are other texts. First Timothy 4 also speaks to that. That was last one I just read was 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. But 1 Timothy 4 also speaks to making sure that your ministry is word-centered. In other words, what we are doing is centered around the Word of God. That was the first thing. The second point is um, it teaches us to view Scripture with the power and the authority that it has. Right? I don't need to go into Scripture and try to pull out little pieces that prove my point. I need to let Scripture have the authority uh, uh, and ha- and I need to have a very high view of Scripture because it's actually calling me out on some things. Rather than me trying to go in and let Scripture prove my point, I'm allowing Scripture to talk to me uh, of where I am. Number three, expository preaching uh, most honors the authority and the status of preaching. Now let me explain this a little bit. Second Timothy, or not, not Second Timothy, Titus rather. Titus chapter 2, verses... 11 through 15 says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us all from from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And then verse 15 in Titus 2, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Let me explain where I'm going with that scripture text a little bit. If I were to look at the world and say, oh, the world's struggling with this particular thing, um, that I, I know that but the Bible speaks against. And then I get up on Sunday and say, well, the latest, greatest thing in the news is uh, uh, less, you know, just anything. Just pick a topic out of, out of your mind. The latest, greatest thing in the news that happened this week is this, and I'm going to preach about it. Then suddenly I am making myself the authority in that particular topic. Expository preaching makes sure that the preaching has authority because 
God's word is authority. What do I mean by that? Well, if I, let's say, I know that in our culture right now, homosexuality is a very difficult discussion. If I were to say that we're going to have a month of speaking on that, then suddenly I'm the one that's trying to bring that out on the floor and let's talk about it. And there are certain certain venues that we can do that, right? I'm not saying we shouldn't. But in expository preaching, I'm not choosing what next Sunday's topic's going to be. I'm allowing the Scripture to take us to it. So if we happen to come across a Scripture text that talks about homosexuality, it is the Scripture speaking to it, not me. And we should really receive it that way. I am not, not trying to line up you know, and, and pick on any particular uh, thing in the world that people view as sin or that the Bible views as sin. I am not trying to go in and hammer on sin because I think I need to hammer on sin. I'm letting the preaching have authority because it is the Scripture that has authority. I don't know. You following me with that? If you're still with me, raise your hand. Okay, great. Thanks. Appreciate that. I saw, saw you raise your hand there. Um. I think that expository preaching uh, matures the listener. And I know it has me, it's matured me, but I've had so many people come up to me and say, I have read that particular text a hundred times in my life, and I never knew that it was connected to the rest of the scripture like you unfolded it today. Now, that's not something magical that I did. It's not that I'm some you know, theologian that knows how to do these types of things. It's me getting in verse by verse, line by line, seeing what the scripture says, and allowing the spirit to show me where it's connected and, and, and people are starting to fall in love with Scripture all over again. Because let's just be honest. Hasn't there been a time in your life where when the preacher would get up and he'd say, open your Bibles too, you immediately begin to start thinking about a hundred other things? I, I've been there, and, and I think most Christians have. But I'm starting to hear from people now that they're starting to fall in love with Scripture again. And, and when I get up and say, let's open the Bible, they're not necessarily saying, oh, bring it, Daniel. They're not necessarily saying, oh, Daniel's going to wow us. They're actually saying, I can't wait to see how the Scripture unfolds today. That's cool. I, I, I love that particular, particular thing, how it's bringing maturity not only to the listener, but to the listener about Scripture. It also teaches us how to study the Bible. So many people have an issue in life, and they dig into Scripture, and they try to find the answer for that particular thing. And, and from time to time, that's not necessarily bad. But if that's the only way we treat Scripture, um, you're going to be anemic in your spiritual walk. You have to take the totality of Scripture, and one of the only ways to truly do that is to approach it in an expository fashion to where you know what Scripture's saying and how it's connected. And, and there will be some Sundays when we're in a particular passage, you say, that may not have a whole lot to do with me, but at least you'll know what's in there and you'll be able to draw on it later. I think um, expository preaching has proven itself that the sermons— will always be relevant. That's the thing that has blown my mind completely, like just completely mind blown, that when I would get up on a Sunday and I would preach, 
out of a particular text that I had no idea two or three months ahead of time that I was going to be in that particular text and what was going to be happening in our culture during that time. Scripture, all of Scripture, is always relevant. We just have to understand it that way. And I, I think that I have learned that by doing expository preaching, and I'm hoping that uh, the you guys who are listening to the messages are starting to understand that Scripture's just always relevant. It's, it's always connected to who we are as believers in Christ. I think uh, expository preaching um, probably almost always will present the gospel in some way. Because all of Scripture, this is the next one, next point. I've lost what count them on. I'm just kind of talking from the top of my head now of the things that I believe about expository preaching. Sorry, but the gospel will always be present because all of Scripture is about Christ and the gospel of who He is. And so I, I think these are things that kind of let you know kind of where we are in expository preaching, why we do it. Um, I, I believe that expository preaching helps me in my time of prep. You know, the average pastor uh, spends about 18 hours uh, prepping for a message that is delivered on Sunday. Now, there are some pastors that spend longer. There are some that spend less amount of time. But in expository preaching, I have found that to be somewhat of the norm, anywhere from 12 to 20 hours for me to prep for a message and uh, to do any other type of topic, the front end of prepping for a topical message would be much heavier. The great thing about uh, expository preaching is once you grasp who the author is, who he's writing to, and what the, what the direction of the message is, uh, it makes me a good steward of my time. It is just building on itself as I move forward. And it's interesting because let's say that I'm, I'm studying Mark chapter 1. And so up front, I have to do a lot of studying on that. But when I get into Mark chapter 2, I have the study of Mark chapter 1 already in my mind and in my notes and in my preparation. So Mark chapter 2 is a little bit easier because of those things that are already in place. And then when I get to Mark chapter 5, I remember what was said in Mark chapter 1, and it exponentially uh, develops a message for me. So it, it actually helps me be a better steward of, of the time that I'm spent uh, in preparation and uh, I believe that expository preaching, and one, one of the final reasons that we use it is that it balances the pulpit. Um, if, if I'm not going to be in the pulpit and Pastor Adam or Pastor Nate or Pastor Jeff, Pastor Steve, for that matter, is going to come in and fill in, they will know where we are in the, in the uh, particular book we're going through. They will know, you know how they need to approach it and what needs to come out of that. And I believe it balances the pulpit so that you don't have me getting up there and harping on something that I feel is important, and then the next pastor that fills in for me is harping on what something he feels important. No. Scripture is the authority. Context is paramount. And the Scripture is going to lead us into truth. And that's why we lean into... Uh, expository preaching. I, I just kind of want to say one last thing about this. Um, it, is, it is not my goal 
for people to say, what a great sermon. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm just like the next person. I love you know, the pats on the backs and the encouragement. Encouragement is important. We're supposed to build one another up in the body. Um, but that's not really what motivates me when I'm, when I'm preaching. Uh, it's, it's not what's going to make me say I, I really want to do better even next week because if it's, hey, Daniel, that was a great sermon – then I feel I would feel the pressure to next week um, have another great sermon. But in this style of preaching, my goal is to hear you actually say, hey, I better understand what God was saying in that text now. There couldn't be a higher compliment that you could offer me if you said, I, I didn't understand that text. I understand that text now, and that's amazing. Thank you. You know, how that would motivate me to make sure that I rightly divide the word next week so that I can explain it clearly and say this is what the truth of the Scripture text says. Uh, I, I think when you understand Scripture text, you can understand who God is and what he's requiring of you. And that's my goal. Uh, in my desire to see our church fall passionately in love with Jesus Christ— one step of doing that is understanding who God is. And we understand who God is by understanding his word and what he requires of us. And so that's kind of the expository preaching style that we use here. We go through book by book because I feel it will better prepare our church to face the culture that we're having to navigate now. And so I hope that helps you understand a little bit better. I hope that uh, you can kind of grasp why we do what we do. And if you've stayed with us this long, you are a trooper. Pat yourself on the back. You listen to one guy's voice talk, um, and uh, that was pretty much amazing. But again, I hope this helps you understand why we do expository preaching here book by book. We're currently in Mark chapter 5. We have a few chapters to go before we finish this book, so a few months ahead of us. But I am already praying through what will be the next book God wants to take us through. And so you can join me in that prayer, too. I would greatly appreciate that. Let's pray now of, of what God would have us to do. So let me, let me even pray on this podcast now. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to unfold your word. I thank you for the blessing of Peninsula Baptist Church. I am so blessed and honored to be able to work and serve in such a sweet fellowship. And Father, as we are going through the book of Mark and we have another book coming, please guide us and lead us to know what book you would have us to go through next. Help us to be excited about your word. Help us to hold and hide your word in our heart that we may more rightly serve you and be your ambassadors to a lost and confused world. So bless our homes, bless our church, and use us as you see fit. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, and I hope that your day is truly blessed.